Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Shiner. I stared at Marcus across the metal table. The silence hung in the interrogation room like a grey fug, only the sound of the harsh fluorescent light cutting through it. Somehow it felt dim, even with white walls, as if the bulb itself cast a muddy shadow of its own. The light had a habit of stripping away the tricks we use to make ourselves look younger, more innocent, and as the suspect leaned forward, it cast skull-like shadows from his cheekbones. A day's growth of stubble erupted from swollen pores. He sneered. So, we done here? Not at all, Marcus, I said, sliding his file closer to me. Time to go to work. He shoved himself back from the table a little, the chair scraping the floor, and the handcuff chain rattled against the battered tabletop. I opened the file as Rach came to sit next to me. This would go faster if you just told us where they are, she said. He just stared at her. His eyes glittered dangerously, puffy, one of them more swollen than the other. I picked up the first piece of paper in the file. You are Marcus Shiner Jones. You live in Whitechapel and work at a company in West London called Jewel Corps, which specializes in creating synthetic jewels. Would you like to tell us a little about that? Marcus shrugged. Nothing you can't find out on your tablet. I'd like to hear it from you. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see Rach flicking the tablet on, the bright diamond logo of his business rotating slowly on its screen. I kept my attention on Marcus. Fine. Whatever. He looked all around the room as he talked, never once meeting our eyes. We take a sample of carbon. The purer the carbon is, the more gems we can make. We use a big oven, and when it's done, we have a diamond. I shook my head. We're not idiots, Marcus. Give us the full version. He narrowed his eyes, and as his lip curled, I prepared for an insult. But instead, he began to talk again, this time locking his eyes with me. Fine. Mostly we create diamonds. They're easier for people to understand, and more marketable. Depending on how good the sample is, we can create diamonds from half a carat up to two carats. They go into a machine that compresses and heats the sample, the HPHT or high pressure, high temperature. He leaned forward a little, warming to the topic. Even the innate gravel in his voice seemed to even out, become something more liquid. It takes time, sometimes up to nine months, and costs a fair amount. You're looking at about four grand just to get the simplest one we can make, a half-carat yellow diamond. When it's cooked, we bring it out, cut it, shape it, polish it. Do you have a diamond, Detective Wilkes? I shook my head. Not married? Never had to hand over a shiner worth two months' wages? No? What about you, lady detective? Rach looked up briefly from the screen and shook her head. There's something amazing about diamonds, Marcus said, sitting back in his chair. His voice became wistful, 
his lips barely moving. They're like fire, caught at the moment of creation. You hold one up to the light, and a hundred little beams of radiance blast out of it, each one carrying a little bit of the diamond's essence in it. Every diamond is alive, the very stuff of life, pure carbon. Wars have been fought over them in the past. People have died, so many people, but diamonds remain pure. They don't take any of the blood into them, it just washes off. Rare, and yet they can be made so easily. Like people. I can't believe it's a coincidence that it takes nine months for a human life, a human soul to be born, and nine months for us to make a diamond that shines as brightly as that soul. He stopped, and I was aware that he had moved slightly closer across the table, as if trying to force the weight of his conviction onto me. I sat back, slowly, nodding. Very poetic, Marcus. Perhaps you would be so kind as to wax as lyrical about the location of your victims. He just stared, and I turned to the next page in the file. Four young ladies were last seen in your company, quite some time ago. Missing persons reports on all four have turned up nothing, except you. A common link. And I have to say, your unwillingness to talk to us about where you were the nights they disappeared isn't helping your case any. He scratched at his greasy hair and shrugged again. I don't need to tell you nothing. I think you do, Marcus. Amber Richardson, Harriet Folds, Rita Cox, Farah Adams. The first three were seen meeting you after work. You went out drinking together, went home together, and that was the last that was seen of any of them. The final one, Miss Adams, she was a customer of Jewel Corps, and that's frankly what led us to you. A little close to home, perhaps. I glanced down at the piece of paper I was holding, then back up. What I want to know is... I frowned. He wasn't looking at me. He was staring at Rach, a vicious smile slowly spreading across his face. I think she's gotten to my favourite bit, he said, his lips peeling back from his teeth in a snarling grin. I looked at Rach, suddenly feeling sick. Her face was grey as she slid the laptop over to me, pointing at part of the text. I scanned through it, fishing for substance between buzzwords for prospective buyers, but as I read the part she was indicating, I felt my mouth go dry. The best carbon samples for the production of synthetic diamonds comes from cremated remains, or cremains, it began, and I looked over the top of the laptop at Marcus as he began to laugh. The strip light was enough to pick out the four diamonds embedded in his top front teeth, winking balefully, a thousand reflected motes of light shining out of each flawless stone. You've been listening to Pocket Fiction. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not check out stevecookfiction.com? where you'll find more episodes and blogging about writing. I would love to hear from you, and if you have feedback, or you've got something you'd like to hear read on Pocket Fiction, get in touch through the website, stevecookfiction.com. <laughs>